Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, My Soul Thirsts After Thee. It shall be focused on a study of Psalms chapter 41 and 42. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word which spoke to us today. As David was saying, as the heart panteth after the water, so our souls pant after Thee. We thank Thee, Lord, for the deep which calls unto the deep. To know that you've placed the seed inside of us, Lord, which will germinate unto everlasting life and responds to every single one of your word. For your word is the original seed. The spoken word is the original seed. So speak to us out of thy word today that we may hear the words of life. In the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next... We shall listen to Psalms chapter 41 and 42. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Psalm 41 To the chief musician, a psalm of David. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him, and now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. Psalm 42 To the chief musician, Maskil for the sons of Korah. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. 
Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Thirst. This was preached in 1965 on September the 19th. We'll begin at paragraph 20 up to paragraph 57. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, Psalms uh, 42. As the heart painteth after the water brooks, so painteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while my while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? I think David, in the writing of this psalm, must have been in distress. And it usually takes distress to bring the best out of a man. It really, uh, that's when God uh, gets down to when we fast many times to get herself in position, to get herself out of the way. And I think when David got in these places, then he began to meditate on the Lord, begin to think about the things. Many times God gets us in, in tight corners where we have to look up. Sometimes we even have to get on our back in the hospital or a bed somewhere so we can look up to see where the great blessings of God comes from. Now, the word I want to speak from tonight, one word out of the Bible, and that is found in the second verse, uh, thirst. The word uh, thirst. I was looking in the dictionary when I was uh, looking up this uh, word. I was thinking about a, a sermon one time I preached on uh, thirsting after life, and uh, took it out of the Psalms too, when David said, Thy statues, I believe, are more precious to me than life. And I was looking and thinking about that word thirst, so I looked up in the dictionary to see what it means, and here's what Webster says. It's a painful desire, a painful, when you want something so bad until it becomes painful to you. Uh, now, uh, that's... Uh, it's not an unnatural thing to thirst. Thirst is a, a natural thing. It's just simply something that God has given us that we could uh, to give us a, a desire for something. Sometimes God has uh, also has given you a, a control tower, something that sets inside of you that, that controls these different desires. And this uh, thirst this control tower that sits in a man's heart is something that God gave him to, to warn him of the desires that's needful for him. Now, there is two different kinds of thirst. There is a thirst physically, 
and there is a thirst also spiritually. I would like to read this, what David said again, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, not some historical or some something that happened some years ago or, or some tale that someone told, but for the living God, a God that's ever-present. And his soul thirsted for that God, not for some historical something. Now we find God uh, gives the control tower to you to give to you the things that you need. Now the control tower in you is what directs you. And this thirst runs in on this cold uh, control tower and tells you what you have need of. Spiritually speaking, the control tower in the body and in the soul also, there's a control tower in the body that tells you the need that's needed in your body. And it's brought to you by thirst. Also, there's a control tower in your soul that tells you the spiritual things that you have need of, something in your spirit. And, and you, by this, can tell what kind of a life is controlling you. When you, uh, when you can see what your desires are, then you can tell by that what kind of something it's in you that's creating this desire that you have. See, there's a certain thing that you thirst for, and it, and it can tell you in your soul what this desire is by the nature of the thirst that you have. I hope that you can understand that. There is a, a control tower of the soul and one for the body, and each tower is a warning caller for the needs of the other. Each one calls to the need for what the caller is calling for. It sends out a wave of warning. For instance, uh, the flesh thirsts to satisfy the desires that's in the body. And the spirit uh, desires for the things that's in the soul desire is. And many times these war one against the other. We find there what's the, a great trouble today that too many people uh, try to live between those two desires. For one of them desires the things of the earth. The other desires the things of heaven. Like Paul said, describes it in Romans seven twenty one, When I would do good, then evil is nigh. When you try, did you ever have that in experienced Christians? That when you're trying to do something that's worthwhile, go to make an effort to do something that's good, then you find out that there is the devil on every hand just to upset you. Everything that you... And that's one good thing that I'd like to uh, say this, that the Christians might know that when you're, when you're starting to do something and there's something always trying to upset you and doing it, do it anyhow. That's the devil there trying to keep you from doing what's right. Now, many times I meet people that's prone to be a little nervous when they find out that they're trying to do something and, and everything's just blocking it off on both sides to say, it might not be in the will of the Lord. See, uh, don't let the devil lie to you like that. The first thing is find out whether it's the will of God or not. And then if you want to know where it's the will of God, look into the Bible. There is a thing that's that sets you straight is the Word of God. 
And then if you see it's in the Word of God for you to do it, like, for instance, seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Many times I've run into people say, well, I sought for the Holy Ghost, and I just couldn't receive it. I don't believe it's for me. Every time I get down, I get sick, and I go to praying. If I fast, I get sick. And if I try to uh, stay all night, I, say, I get so sleepy, I, I can't get off my feet. Remember, that is the devil. Because God intends for you to have the Holy Spirit. It's for whosoever will. Many times you find when you're prayed for in a meeting for divine healing, then the next day you find out, no doubt, that the devil will make that twice as bad as it was the day before. See? Remember, that's just Satan trying to get you away from the blessing that God's got for you. See? Don't you listen to that fellow. See, always press right on. I had an experience of that just recently on the road to Africa. If I ever had any time, that the devil ever did press at me was to go to Africa this last time and become one of the, the finest meetings and times that I ever went overseas. I got, I believe, more things accomplished in that little time that I was there besides my hunting trip than I ever did at any time. I always thought that those churches didn't want me there and come to find out I had a letter from someone that it was, uh, oh, they didn't want me there, all the association, and found out it was one man with a letter head from an organization that said, we don't want you. He meant him and his family. See? So then when I got over there, I see just we, that was he and his family. And it wasn't the people at all. So now it's a great field opened up for us. You see, when Paul said, when I would do good, then evil is not. You let a young convert come tonight to the altar somewhere here in this tabernacle or, or out across the nation and just remember tomorrow, mother will be more angry than she ever was. Dad will be all upset and all the school kids and everything just goes wrong because it's Satan trying to get you to turn around. He's trying to run you off the path. When I would do good, then evil is always not. Now, let us look at the thirst and let's see whether uh, actually a thirst is a natural thing. I've had people tell me, oh, I never did. I believe it's just for some people to want to be Christians. Oh, no, that's wrong. It's actually a something that's associated with every human being. It certainly is true. When we come to this country in the early days, we found the Indians here. And the Indians, though they were heathen at that time, they worshiped the sun or something, as long as they are human, there's something in them, a natural thirst, calling out for God somewhere. Back in the jungles just recently, back there uh, 480 miles from the closest civilization, a little small town of about 3,000 people of Byra and Mozambique, we found natives that didn't even, never seen a white person. I uh, found a native girl. She had no clothes on. Any of them hardly have clothes on. And she was sitting up in a tree and I was tracking a line and there was I heard something like a human being screaming. This native girl sitting up there, wall-eyed, holding a baby. And what she was scared about, that her only protection is get up a tree from a lion, leopard, or something, or some animal. And she'd see me and heard it was a human being, but when she looked and seen a white person, she had never seen one in her life, see? And she was scared to death, see? But when we find those people, even in that primitive condition, Back there, they were still worshiping. Before we called a lion in, 
They poured out some mealy meal, that's what they eat, on a little leaf, they clapped their hands and called on the spirit of some great something they didn't know where, like a patron saint or something to a Catholic, to protect them that they wouldn't be uh, killed during the time of the charge of this line. See, it's something natural. It's not an unnatural thing to thirst for God. It's a natural thing. It's just something that you should do. God has made you up like that. And it's no superhuman. It's just actually a common human being. It ain't just special for some people. They say, well, I've seen some people live such a, a victorious life that they're constantly on the housetop. They're praising God. Wish I could feel that way. Well, the reason you're feeling that way, it's a thirst in you. Amen. And that's uh, just a natural thing. It's for every person to thirst for God. Now, we'll take some of the natural thirsties first. Let's take, for instance, thirsting for water, as David said here, uh, thirsting for oh, the water. Thirsting for water, the body is in need of water. And if you don't supply that thirst, you'll perish. You'll dehydrate. And you'll, the, you won't live. If you can't get water to that thirst, to quench that thirst of the natural body, you'll soon perish. You won't live long. You can live longer without food than you can without water. Because you can fast for 40 days, Jesus did, I suppose, without, without food. But you couldn't do that long without water. You would just simply dry up and die. You must have water. And, if, and the thirst that comes on you, why, it's to show that the body is in need of something to keep it alive. The body's got to have the water in order to stay alive. You're 80-something percent uh, water and petroleum anyhow, and you've got to take these sources in to keep you alive. As I've said, if you neglect it, you'll perish. Uh, the thirst also is an alarm. It's an alarm clock. That thirsting, the soul sets off alarm clock, a little buzzer inside of you that tells you that death has lurking nigh, that if you don't get water pretty soon, you've got to die. And it gets louder and louder until finally you keep putting it off and you'll die because it's alarm clock. Like David described it here in the Psalms, as a heart painteth after the water brooks, so painteth my soul after thee, O God, as the heart painteth after the water brook. I've often thought, as reading of this, of David, David was a woodsman, a hunter, and he hunted deer, of course, and many, uh, we in this day hunt them, the heart is a deer. And we find, if you ever seen the dogs, uh, wild dogs will grab a deer. And uh, usually they got like the coyote of fang. And he can grab the deer right above the burr of the ear here and swing his weight. He cuts the throat of the deer and the deer doesn't have a chance then. But sometimes the, the, the dog, like in Africa, there the wild dog, will grab the deer right in the flanks. If he misses the throat, he'll grab the second time at the flank. And if the deer is strong enough and quick enough, he can shake the dog off. The deer is much faster. The dog stalks him uh, when he's not looking and 
when he's upwind from him and, and he, uh, he don't know the, the dog is near. And then when the wild dog grabs him, if he's real quick, he can throw it off. And, well, but when the dog comes out of the flank, he's got a whole mouthful of the deer's flesh. Or when he grabs at his neck sometimes, he'll cut close to the jugular vein and miss it. And the deer shaking him will pull a whole chunk of meat out of the deer's throat. Then the blood begins to run. And then the dog will come right on the trail of that blood after the deer. And as the life of the deer begins to dwindle as the blood, is, which is the life stream to the body, as that begins to dwindle down, the deer gets weaker and the dog then or the wolf is right behind the deer. Now, if that deer can't find water, now water has something in it that when the deer drinks the water, it stops the bleeding. But if he don't get water to cool him off, then the, the blood keeps flowing out faster because he's running, keeping his heart pumping. But if he can ever get to water, the deer will live. Now, there's a great lesson there. See? And David's saying here, As the heart painteth for the water brook, my soul painteth for thee, O God. Now, that deer knows unless he finds water, he's gone. He just can't live. I've tracked him many times after being wounded. When he hits a stream of water, he'll cross in and get a drink, go up over the hill, come back down, cross get a drink of water and go up, you'll never catch up with him as long as he'll follow that stream. But once when he leaves the stream, if he can't find another water brook somewhere, you'll catch him right away. And now the deer knows that, so he'll stay right with the water where he can get to it right quick. Now could you imagine a deer with his nose up, he's been caught out somewhere where there's no water, and he says, as the heart uh, thirst or painteth is a thirst after the water brooks. My soul thirsts after thee, O God. Unless I can find you, Lord, I'll perish. I, I, I can't go unless I find you. And when a man or woman, boy or girl, gets that kind of a thirst for God, he's going to find something. See? As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we think on the words of David here where he says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Father, no doubt that's our wish to say even so come Lord Jesus. Help us to be ready for thy soon coming. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
gave me water that I had never dreamed of. But for this water, my Lord had denied. He said, I thirst, yet he Oh, wow. 